Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, uh, 420, um, the holiday that will certainly be celebrated by Snoop Dogg and others. Uh, it is lovely to have you all here on the 3304 Sports Podcast. I'm Colby Rambersh. I'm joined alongside Nick Croydon. And on this uh, momentous day for some people, uh, we're going to be having our most momentous uh, mock draft to date. And when I say that stuff, it is not hyperbole. It is literal because this will be the uh, longest mock that Nick and I will do. Um, at least in total, we'll have, I think, another three-round mock next week. Um, but, yeah, we are going to be doing a full three-round mock today as well as on top of the three-round mock. We are also going to be, I just want to make sure we have stuff pulled up, uh, some other NFL news that went down today. Um uh, non-draft-wise involving Debo Samuel, though ironically that could become draft-wise, uh, as well as we'll cover post our mock, who we would consider some winners and losers. Uh, and on top of that, I'm trying to see what the last thing is I, I, I have here too. Uh, I do not think, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about like some other players that we have remaining that weren't drafted in what are our first two days here that will kind of be like what is considered best for the next day. So yeah. And, and we'll also talk about some scenarios that have been brought up online. So with all of that out of the way, Nick, we are a week away here from the mock drafts or, or from not the mock draft from the real draft. What are you the most excited about? Honestly, man, I'm just most excited to see all these players get a chance to, like, get their name get called. It's just such an exciting time to see all the best young talent ever in college football, NCAA, take their, like, foot on the stage and get their, like, get a chance to get their name get called. It's just just an awesome time because you're literally seeing the next generation of football talent. And it's just like after a long time of like without being football, we get a little taste of what it's like, you know, with the spring game last week. It's just kind of missing football a little bit and then slowly getting a little bit of a sneak peek of what it's going to be like next season is going to be very, very exciting. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I couldn't have really said that any better myself. Um, with a lot of that future, you know, you'll see take shape and it doesn't always have to be, you know, in the first day, first two days even. Um, but as you kind of gave me an excellent segue here, one of those big pieces of the future, Debo Samuel, there has been more come out about this uh, where Debo Samuel's brother said that he was going to, Debo was going to announce that he wants to get traded. And Debo today announcing that he wants to get traded with, I think the most interesting part of this though I think I can see where Debo is coming from, saying that he wants his usage to change. Uh, it, it, that's what it is. Apparently, it's not a monetary issue between San Francisco and Debo, but it's actually a little bit of a usage issue. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the NFL odds currently on Fox Sports on where he's going to go, but prior to that, what intrigues you about that situation? Because honestly, that's not the scenario I expected this trade to be going down. It's definitely not uh, the way I expected it either, you know, because like you just stated, you know, he was just like, you know, I want my uses to be changed. Like, you know, for a guy that did it all last season, it's a little surprising to see that outcome, you know, and you saw it a little happy. I mean, I, you know, you always see like, you know, fans react or people post about it. I mean, he liked the uh, picture of him in a Dallas Cowboys uniform. You know, a lot of players do that. I mean, I know I mentioned it a lot, but I, I go back to the, 
uh, Cardinals, uh, Kyler Murray, when he unfollowed them, removed everything. There's just so much going on in this like kind of free agency time. And we saw a little bit of it coming in, in those little like snippets in the past couple of weeks, you know, but him announcing it today, that's definitely not what I expected. It, it, it's very surprising from a player like him. Now, what I think I understand about this, um, because I was trying to decipher what he was kind of referring to. I was like, he was getting used, like, incredibly all, last year. All, right, all the time, like in the playoffs especially. They used him exactly. heavy. Like, Depot was the guy for San Fran. So, I, I was kind of curious. I was, I was thinking, like, where could he be going with this? And one thing I saw online, which I actually think might be the case, is he might want to just get less touches on the ground. Because – I think you and I know as well as professionals and whatnot that running backs themselves have like the shortest lifespan of NFL players because they're going to get hit constantly and they're going to get rocked by, you know, the like the hardest hitters on the opposition's defense. And it's why, you know, you'll have like running backs like Jamal Charles, who we thought could have been one of the greats, but he just fell from grace so fast. Uh, or even Adrian Peterson, who was one of the best to ever do it. Like, he was able to survive for a while, but after like his phase passed, he just kind of became an average NFL running back. And that's yeah. the same for so many other people. So I feel like in all honesty, if it, it, like he hasn't said much about it, I feel like that's probably the aisle he's going down. It's the fact that he wants to really be more of a receiver receiver, not kind of like this Cordell Patterson-esque uh, wide back do it all type of guy, um, at least not as frequently in which I can honestly completely appreciate that because, you know, otherwise he's going to get like 20 odd touches a game on the ground in the air and a lot of hits. And that's going to shorten his career pretty quick for someone who is extremely talented. Um, I'm assuming that's the case. I don't think it's any like, you know, where he plays receiver, because if that's the case, I, I'd be a little confused by that. Um, but yeah, definitely an interesting twist that this trade scenario has turned to. But speaking of that, you know, it's then going to be, you know, the odds of, well, who's going to retain him? Uh, there are eight teams that Fox Sports has is the most likely to trade for him. The most likely they had was the 49ers, so we aren't going to include them. Um, but I want to get your reaction on these teams. So the, the team that they have is the most likely, the odds on favor to Landivo Samuel is the New York Jets at plus 250. Uh, then they have the Indianapolis Colts at second, the Packers, the Falcons rounding out your top four. Then you have the Saints, the Titans, the Eagles, and the Commanders, Commanders being the uh, highest of this top eight at plus 1,800. What teams there stand out to you? Are there any that just kind of seem like to you, like, really? There's no chance. There's no shot. I mean, I definitely could see, like, kind of like the lower teams trying to, like, shoot a shot at them. I mean, that's no surprise to me. Seeing seeing the Jets up there, I mean, they have a significant draft capital in, you know, the top two, the top ten, you know, uh, two, with the two top ten picks, sorry. But I think it's it wouldn't be surprised to see them, like, send one of them to get him. I know you had a huge uh, – uh, one of the trades last week, I think maybe uh, involved the Saints or something like that, give or take – uh, I don't know. I, I'm looking at some lists here, you know, the Saints, Packers, Lions, uh, like you said, the Commanders. Yeah, I wouldn't – I honestly, like, wouldn't, like, doubt the Commanders to take a shot. I mean, 
in my opinion, everyone would like not even mind to have Debo on their team. I mean, like, just look at him. He's a stat sheet I mean, he's just that kind of a guy, but there's definitely some names that stand out to me. It's, I mean, like, there's just so much that could happen. I mean, anybody could throw up an offer, but it just end up, it's what he's going to decide that's going to make the, like his point at the end of the day, man. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, I think what what's one team that you would specifically take off right now of the team Bellis? I like that's a, as a Packer fan, I want to say the Packers because we have like literally nothing right now. But I mean, the best chance that my favorite as of now would probably just be the New York Jets as a front runner. Just having like they like uh, who's the guy they got last year? Oh, the the one from Old Miss. I keep on forgetting his name. It's Elijah Moore. Yeah, I mean, they could they could pair they could easily pair him up with somebody and just putting him as like a wide receiver, getting him touches, getting him up there. And in uh, the New York Jets, it's a team that they're like desperately looking to improve. Zach Wilson, you know, everyone kind of wrote him off a little bit, but slowly and surely he slowly he got himself a little bit back up top there. But I feel like the Jets would be a prime like team to get him. Yeah, certainly the Jets being an odds-on favorite is not, um, you know, that much of a surprise because of the amount of incredible draft capital they have this year and how, incred- how incredible any young Debo Samuel is. I mean, it's not like you're getting rid of crazy draft capital for someone who has, like, three years left in the NFL. This is someone that has, like, you know, possibly five to six still in his prime, and that's incredible. Um, but I think of the teams that were listed there, I would probably, though I love to see him in Indianapolis, I'd take Indianapolis off that list mostly because I don't think Indianapolis is going to be able to give up the value that San Fran would want for him. Um, I'd also take off the Falcons for that same reason. They're in rebuild mode. They shouldn't be going and trying to trade for Debo Samuel right now. Uh, the Saints I'd also take off that list because they're already playing Michael Thomas a boatload. So why would they slap on another receiver that they'd have to pay a boatload for? And then I'd probably even say the Eagles. I mean, I almost considered the Eagles, but I think they're in a tight cap situation. So of the teams that are odds on, those four I'd immediately take off. Uh, The Commanders is hard because they aren't even paying Terry McLaurin yet. So I'd even take them off. So of the teams that Box suggests, I think the Titans, the Packers, and the Jets make the most sense. Uh, I mean, I'm even warming up to the Packers more and more just because the Packers were willing to pay Debo or not Debo uh, Devontae Adams, the money It's just Devontae Adams wanted to leave. And Devontae Adams, I think is getting paid more than the rumored asking price for Debo, which is 25 mil. Um, So I think the Packers would definitely be willing to pay and possibly overpay to get Debo Samuel into the team since they lost Devontae Adams. Um, There's another team I have in there Uh, last week. I had them trading, uh, trading with the Texans for him. Um, that may or may not be the case in this mock draft as well. We'll see. Uh, but I definitely think if I was to kind of tear this out personally, I think the Jets and the Texans are your most likely due to draft capital and uh, both being in the AFC. But then right under them, I'd probably have the Packers as my third favorite right now, uh, just because I think that they'd be willing to get rid of a good bit to be able to bring in Debo and then possibly even still draft a receiver this year because they have four picks in the first two rounds. So they got a lot of capital that they'd be willing to move. Uh, that That's just my opinion, at least on that, though. So, I mean, a lot of news with Debo. It's been crazy. It does seem like that he's going to get traded either prior to the draft or on draft night. 
it just seems like the relationship between him and San Fran is kind of over because I don't think Kyle Shanahan would change his usage. So that's going to be, you know, up and done. So before we get into the mock drafts here, then Nick, how about we talk about some of these scenarios and we kind of talk about um, if we think the scenario, you know, if, if we think it's more likely the scenario will happen or will not happen. Uh, these are all trade scenarios, either trading up or trading down. So to get it uh, to kick off into it real quick here, uh, the first one is the scenario that is brought up here. This is all from sportingnews.com, by the way, uh, that the Lions trade down from number two to get even more picks for the rebuild. Um, they only have nine selections in this draft, including number 32. Um, and if they don't land Aiden Hutchinson, though there are so many other good talents there, maybe they go and trade down to get value this year, possibly even next year to get more and more quality players that Dan Campbell wants into the system. I mean, it's definitely not like a bad take because, I mean, drafting, uh, you said down, so kind of acquire more picks for the rebuild because, I mean, uh, one thing that me and you like couldn't stress enough in one of our episodes was the fact that a lot of their games were decided by like a touchdown or two. I mean, they would have had a ridiculously better record if they had won those games in that final quarter, that final minute. It's not a bad decision to trade down and get more pieces and get more people to, you know, train and build for a rebuild, but also that number two spot is just looks so nice, but I mean, I would say it's not a bad decision if one were to do that. Well, it's more, do you think it's likely to happen or not? Oh, likely to happen? I mean, probably not. Honestly, I feel like they're going to stick with their number two pick, to be honest. And I'm right there with you on that. Because the issue is, is unless Detroit wants to take a very much undervalued offer for the second overall pick, um, you know, they're, I don't think any teams can be willing to trade up that high in this draft. Um, one, one question I'm going to bring up from, uh, not from this website, uh, is just the fact that this is such a strong draft class overall. And it's so hard to predict that I don't know why teams would trade up, uh, to the number two overall pick just to, you know, get one player that's like, you know, oh, maybe he was good, but it's like we could have drafted these two or three other guys that would have also been good on our team. I just don't think it makes much sense. I think the Lions are just kind of burdened uh, in a sense with the second overall pick, and they're going to have to kind of just work with it and see how it goes. Uh, and the next question is here, in which I found this hard, uh, hard for mine as well when I was mock drafting. Uh, the Giants using number five and or number seven to trade down for extra first-round assets again. Uh, obviously, last year they traded down with the Chicago Bears, uh, with the Bears landing Justin Fields. And now after that trade, look at them in an incredible scenario. So it's just really more of a question of, are they going to do it again? I mean, when you look at it, I mean, they had a new regime. They had a goal of, you know, clearing a bunch of cap space this uh, offseason, you know, the uh, clear sign. And maybe they can convince, you know, a QB needy team if they could just kind of get ahead of them. You know, the Panthers are looking for that. And and this is a quarter, a weaker quarterback class. I think me and you can kind of both agree on that. One thing we talked about, you know, a lot is like it's more cornerback and defense. It could be easier said than done, but I, I feel like it's likely of them to try it. 
is my take on it. I feel like it's likely of them to try it, but that's the thing. Like it just could go either way because they hold that, you know, the five or seven spot and that spot could easily, you know, have like Icky or something like that. Or Mary Derek Stingler's. There's just so many good options, but I feel like they're going to try. And I am right there with you. Um, I think that they're going to move down one of these picks. Um, now, Again, a slight tease towards my draft. I don't know if they're going to get future first-round assets, but I certainly think that they can get first-round uh, first asset or assets for these picks. Uh, obviously, top 10 picks are going to be very, 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 very valuable. Um, as you talked about, there's not a crazy QB race this year, but certainly there is a favorite amongst most now on who's going to go um, and possibly multiple who are going to go in the top 10. So... I think it is now a lot more likely than ever that there are going to be teams that try to trade up uh, and go and get themselves a quarterback. But there's also other players that uh, teams could trade up for. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about Kyle Hamilton's value possibly dropping in all these mock drafts, but maybe a team trades up seeing his value slip and they rate him so high and it's like, why not? Or maybe Ahmad Gardner somehow slips or maybe Kayvon Thibodeau slips and teams are like, Oh, we'll trade for five or, Oh, we'll trade for seven to go and get that and have that happen. So I think with the talent that's there, it's more likely than not that the giants would get a deal that they would like to, uh, you know, give to an, uh, for, and then receive it from another team who would then go and get the player that they want. Uh, another scenario here, I, I might skip through some of these cause there's a lot Uh or maybe we'll just even go a little bit faster here. Now, how they phrase this one was interesting. Vikings trade down for number 12 with their preferred wide receiver off the board. I don't know, because I see that I do have that actually happening uh, in my draft. I actually decided to go a little in depth this time. Hopefully it works out. Um, but may I think they will do it. I mean, I know that they kind of like they they signed um, not Carson Wentz, uh, Kirk Cousins to a max contract. They have Justin Jefferson. They were kind of sitting just like I think they were second in the NFC North, but the NFC North is a very weak division. I feel like it's likely of them to do that. I, I honestly see them doing it, but you know, like I said, everything up the draft night is a maybe. So. And I agree with you, but I agree with you for a different reason. Um, I definitely don't agree on the receiver end because I think that's weird. What I do agree on is the idea, um, or at least the receiver end from the article. What I do agree on is this. And this is a new regime with a new GM and a new coach. And I think that as this Minnesota team's getting into either a soft or hard rebuild with how many veterans they're rumored willing to trade, why wouldn't they be willing to move down and try to get value either this year or in future years? That, that was kind of my viewpoint on it. I, so, I mean, that's like, that's not even a bad idea. It's like, it's just like, why would they not? You know, I, I get that. Yeah. If they, if they get a good enough offer, I feel like there's no reason not to. Uh, in which, speaking of giving up good offers, how about the Saints possibly, uh, in, and ironically, I talked about this last mock, 
using number 16 and or 19 to trade up for a quarterback? Uh, that's definitely – that's something that me and you kind of both agreed on. I mean, maybe – I'm, maybe they get a quarterback. I think, like, they have, like, a win-now roster, and after, you know, they reconstructed a bunch of old players this offseason, but it's very possible they slide up into the top ten for a quarterback. But I definitely think they're going to trade up to try to get a guy to definitely help out their offense because, like you said, they shelled out a lot of money to Michael Thomas. They still have some holes in their team overall, but moving up to a possibly top 10 slot would not hurt, hurt their team at all. So I give this probably a likely scenario to happen. I think this is the most likely scenario that's been brought up in this article. I would give this a third or fourth of sports stamp of approval that this is going to happen. Um, and it's just purely because, as we talked about last time, and I'll just repeat again, the Saints gave up their future first-round pick. So why would they give up their future if they're not going to draft a quarterback this year? Because they only signed out Jameis Winston to a two-year contract again. So either it was a two-year or it was a one-year. So they don't, they still don't see him as their future. So I think that they have someone in mind in this draft that's just trading up to get them. So I, that's why I think that this scenario has to happen. Um. The next one, uh, still kind of sticking on the quarterback uh, train here, is the Steelers trading up from 20 to get a quarterback. So well, I remember when we did that, when we, like, did that first, we were all like, Kenny Pickett's a lock. Then after a while, it uh, changed. But, you know, Mitchell Trubisky is basically just on a one-year, $5 million contract, you know, with the option to make it a 14. But, you know, the Steelers' uh, longtime GM is retiring after this draft, and – he could maybe follow the Ravens GM, Ozzie Newborns, by, you know, mic dropping and getting a franchise quarterback, you know, like Lamar Jackson, like the Ravens did way back in the 2017-18. But um, Kenny Pickett is definitely a favorite for them because, you know, Pittsburgh guy, Pittsburgh NFL, question mark. But it's definitely a likely option for the Steelers to do that, to try to get their guy. Because, I mean, Mitchell Trubisky is not a bad option but there's definitely other guys that they could get out of this rare qb class or they just could get someone completely different it's really up to the front office but i definitely could see this as a likely scenario to happen i'm really in the middle on this because the longer we have mock drafts the more i feel like it's gonna be hard for pittsburgh to possibly land one of the top two guys so I almost want to say no, but I don't think that I can because I feel like there's a lot of scenarios at play here, and I feel like they're going to be willing to take any of the top three guys. Um, so I think that it is more likely that it would happen to it not happening because I do think that the Steelers are going to take a quarterback in this first round to try to get their future sorted. Um but I just don't know if they're going to trade up to do it. That's that's kind of where I'm like kind of tiptoeing on it. So it's got like it's a tentative yes. Uh, with this in mind as well, I will bring up. I think, yeah, we'll, you know what? We'll we'll bring up one more here, uh, as it really fits for you here. The Packers package number twenty two and number twenty eight for their preferred wide receiver. 
I honestly really like this option. I mean, I know it's not really much of a jump, you know, because you're still kind of in the 20 range. But for if the Packers were able to jump up and possibly get a really good number two or even number one wide receiver option, I mean, any, anything to help us out. Because, I mean, we have the 22nd, 28th, 53rd, 59th, and 92nd. And plus, we have six day three selections. And that's a lot of draft capital to just kind of sit back there and chill. But if they have, you know, I know that Aaron Rodgers is very, very high on Chris Olaf. So if he were to select them, that would be huge. And they can easily move up the board. They have a crap ton of picks to choose from. I just feel like it's the best option. I like the scenario. I like the idea. My only concern is I don't know my my – a little bit of my concerns, I don't know, like, particularly with my mock drafts right now, what teams would trade down with the Packers. I mean, obviously getting multiple first-round picks is great, but I, I found it hard. And on top of that, and I think you will admittedly agree with this, the Packers organization doesn't like to make things easy on themselves, to put it lightly. Um, you know, they drafted Jordan Love instead of going and drafting the wide receiver. They drafted A.J. Dillon instead of drafting a wide receiver. They, they take so many routes to undercut themselves for no reason. So from that cynical standpoint, it's hard to see it. However, I also would not be surprised if they packaged those picks, moved up to like just outside the top 10 and went and drafted like Jameson Williams because then worse comes to worse, even if they don't win the Super Bowl next year, then Jameson Williams could possibly be your number one going into the future. And Williams has been, you know, touted very highly as of late. So that's kind of where I'm I mean, at. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. So with that in mind, though, there is one last question. One last question to ask here before our mock draft, before the three rounds. And the question actually popped up. I don't specifically have it in front of me, but it came from uh, someone that goes by Matt Miller, I believe, on Twitter. Uh, I'll see if I can find it to where I can give the proper uh, shout-out to it here. But it was talking a little bit today about the upcoming draft and everything, and uh, I believe Matt Miller said something along the lines. uh, I'm going to see if I can find it in my likes, uh, that – this has been the like by far hardest draft to predict. So I know what I'm going to be able to say from my perspective, but I'm curious as to see your perspective. It is Matt Miller. Uh, and they said, quote, I've been covering the NFL draft professionally since 2011. This is the hardest year for making a mock draft. Do you think this is the hardest year of making a mock draft, at least in a long time? I mean, Sorry, the people in my dorm are going very, very wild on this special night. But um, I don't know, man, because in a lot of years, there was, like, a consensus number one. There was, like, so many different, like, narratives. Like, this is an X-heavy class. This is a Y-heavy class. This is definitely, like, a very, very top-tier talented class. I mean, like, the top ten picks alone, like – that like, you know, projected to be, I mean, we look at them like Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, you have 
Ahmed Gardner. Like, you have all these insane – like, Kyle Hamilton, like, these insane talent, you really, like, don't really know where to put them. And anyone could be chosen at any time. That's the whole point of the NFL draft. In my opinion, I mean, after a while, I mean, just if imagine – like if you compared your first ever NFL mod draft that we did to now, you know, it's definitely a good bit different. You maybe had made, you've had like what, like one or two absolute locks. I don't know if I'm right by that, but there's definitely so many things that it could possibly change. I feel like it's pretty hard to predict, but that's just my perspective. Cause I've definitely changed mine up a lot since we got to the start. Taking a sip of something real quick. Um, yeah, my perspective is this: Dan and I did a mock draft last year. I think the farthest we went was two rounds. I don't remember. Um, but ultimately, I remember. Uh, though neither of us did like great, great. There was some guys that we felt certain on. In it was like inside the top five, he and I had like four of the five picks correct between the two of us. This year, I feel like there's a possibility that maybe only one or two of those are right. So that's something where I can immediately agree. But something else I can immediately agree on where why does I think this is the hardest is think about it like this, right? We still have the possibility of Debo Samuel being traded. That's a huge mix-up to the Mox draft. Uh, we still have the possibility of, you know, Baker Mayfield being overvalued. That could be a mix-up to mock drafts. Uh, you could have, you know, teams that go and draft for value rather than drafting for the position, kind of like what the Vikings are historically known for doing in other teams. Um you have teams that have numerous needs, particularly at the top. Uh, and honestly, where this becomes the hardest part is we, as you kind of mentioned, we don't have a consensus number one guy. Like we all agree Aiden Hutchinson tentatively, but I don't feel like anyone's confident enough to say that Aiden Hutchinson's like locked in the by far best player. Uh, and we don't have any quarterbacks to do it. Like this is, I don't remember the last time that we had a, draft with the quarterback not being the first overall pick was that miles garrett's draft in 2017 or something like that like i think so like i feel i feel like it is not often and even when it has happened like particularly with like the garrett situation or i think some of the other drafts we still have a consensus number one guy we 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 kind of have that here with aiden hutchinson but after aiden hutchinson it is like complete just throw darts at a board and see what sticks. This has been immensely harder. I have had to do a lot more thinking and a lot more research than I did last year. I've had a lot less players that I've locked on the teams. Like really, I have a few locks. I have like, I'm going to scroll through my mock shots real quick and see like what players have really become locks for me. I have like three locks, three. That's not, that, that's not even inside the top five. Like, I have one lock inside the top five, and, you know, spoiler alert, it's the number one overall pick. That's the only lock I have inside the top five. The rest is just kind of anarchy, which is awesome. It's exciting. It, it makes it like, you know, I, I like that I have no clue what's going on going into the draft, 
this might be the most exciting draft class that we've had in a long time. But it's also just kind of like it, it's hard. So, you know, though no matter how incredible it is, this is surely to me the hardest mock draft that I've had to put together. And we still have one more to go. I mean, if you think of it like this as well, the narrative for me changes weekly with this, which is why we've had so many. And you'll notice in this mock draft, my narrative has heavily changed. So, yeah, I've, I've taken a little bit of, I, I, I've taken a little bit of step back from some of my preferences and a little bit of step for, towards other people's preferences. And I've even changed up, uh, you know, some things as well. There's one thing that I'll mention when we go into our picks that I cannot change personally. I, I feel like it's a sin if I do. Um, but that's that. Uh, without any further ado, Nick, um, do we want to go through? We'll go through five at a time each, and then we can break it down a little bit. Do we want to go through and start off our very long but very exciting mock draft process? Yeah, man, I'm down. Also, just to be clear, are we doing first first and second or first, second, and third? Uh, all the way through round three. All right. That didn't sound like a confident all right. <laughs> no, no, I'll, no, I'll just say an all right. So just so I had to confirm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you want to uh, start first or do you want me to start first? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll start first. So my top five, starting from one through five, is uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Kyle Hamilton, Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau's, and Icky Iquanu. And that's no trades? No, sir. No. All right. My top five is Aiden Hutchinson to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Trayvon Walker to the Detroit Lions, Kayvon Thibodeau to the Houston Texans, Ahmad Gardner to the New York Jets, and a trade where the New Orleans Saints send uh, – I, I need to get this right because I had to make this trade manually on PFN. Uh, the New Orleans Saints send pick 16, 19, and pick 120 – to the New York Giants receiving pick five and 81 in return to land Malik Willis, the first quarterback off the board. So all I'll say is, is that uh, people have been very high on Ahmad, Ahmad Garner drafting him between two through four for the past couple of weeks. And I finally kind of bowed my narrative to that. Uh, I like Ahmad Garner a lot anyway, so it's not like this hurts me or my soul or anything. It's just, you know, it feels like a mod gardener is going to go higher than I originally anticipated. So, yeah. Any comments on your end? Yeah, I really don't have any, like, comments about that. That's honestly a pretty good trade. I mean, nothing wrong with it there, but no, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I think the good thing about this trade as well is that I was actually able to work out decent value comparatively to when I had the Houston trade back last week. So let's get into six through 10 for you. Okay. So for the Atlanta, not the Atlanta, I'm sorry. For the Panthers, they get Charles Cross. For the Giants, they get Derek Steenley. For the Falcons, they get Trayvon Walker. For the Seahawks, they get um, Sauce Gardner. And for pick 10, I have my first trade let me get it down okay so the eagles get the number 10 pick which they will use on jordan davis and then the jets will receive picks number 15 83 and 
Okay. Well, there you go. Actually, I don't think you traded that high yet, which is awesome. What uh, led you to for the Eagles to trade for Jordan Davis? Okay, so I know I like I hadn't really done much trading. I I at this time I actually tried to sat sit down and like get a pretty good list. So the reason I know Jordan Davis, I've never taken him this high. I've never had uh, a player, you know, or I just I never really had like that like much of a detail of that high of a trade. But for a pretty porous run defense that the Eagles had last year, I feel like getting Jordan Davis, who's, you know, we all saw how we played, you know, last year at Georgia. You saw the videos. You saw he was an absolute beast. And I feel like if they were be able to trade up and get him, that would significantly improve their run defense. And he would just be an absolute monster and eat everyone up on that line. So there is no complaints there for the Eagles if they were to get that trade. And what was that value again? I know you said 83 was one of the picks traded or something like that. Yeah, it was 15, 83, 154 for the Jets. All right. I mean, honestly, uh, I'll have the trade value chart uh, chart up, but I know that's a pretty decent value. Um, yeah, I mean, I love it. Hey, that's a perfect explanation for Jordan Davis. I'm sold on that. I mean, I, I really like it. Uh, no, nah, nothing much more than crazy to say about that. No, I, I, I think that's a great explanation for the players. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm fully down. I'm fully on board to see Jordan Davis as an Eagle. But speaking of the Eagles trading up, ironically, that's what I have is the sixth pick. Uh, the sixth pick is the Eagles trading with the Panthers, giving up pick 83 and 124, and the future first-round pick from New Orleans to the Alta the Panthers to get Kyle Hamilton with a pick seven, Evan Neal to the Giants, pick eight, Garrett Wilson to the uh, to the Falcons, I almost said to Ohio State. Charles Cross ends up a Seahawk. And uh, someone that you've been higher on than I have for a while, but maybe not this time, Jermaine Johnson to the New York Jets. Hmm, okay, I like that. Jermaine Johnson finally getting some love from KV. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, a little bit more love. I think the highest I put him was like at 15 or something. But no, I think uh, – I'll, I'll explain Jermaine real quick. I think that they want to get a good edge partner out there for a uh, cast of forgetting the edge that they signed last off season. Uh, it was the former Cincinnati edge, but I think that they, uh, Carl Lawson. No, it's not Carl Lawson. I, I, I digress. Um, they want to get a good edge next to him. And I think Jermaine Johnson's going to help with that. But here's the one thing I'm going to say in which I'd have to go th- back through your six to 10 to see if I was right. Uh, if, if you had him in here, as well, I think you did. Uh, but Kyle Hamilton, I cannot morally drop him outside of my top 10. I can't do it. I just can't bring myself to do it. Kyle Hamilton is my favorite player in this draft. I think he is a monster. And I think that people are going to be willing to trade up to uh, trade up to get him. That's why I have the Eagles trading up. Because I think that they're a team that could possibly take over the NFC East if they play their cards right. And Kyle Hamilton is such a special talent and someone that could be perfect for that defense. Dude, you're lying. I can hear you right now. Okay, are we good? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I didn't know if you started yet. No, no, we did. Oh, dude. Okay, so keep on. Okay, so continue talking. We're, we're, we're on Kyle Hamilton at this point. 
Okay, okay. So I personally think that Cal like Hamilton is a very, very high pick. He's a really high class, talented player. And that's why I have him selected at number two. And I totally agree with you on your point that he just can't be taken like out of that top 10 range. He just can't. Yeah, I, I space that you had him uh, there at, the, at uh, two. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, so we're both in agreement on that. Um, yeah, so that is all great to hear. That is our top 10. Uh, and I don't think too many different players inside that now. How about we go and kick it on to uh, your 11 to 15? Okay, yeah, so there's a little apologies for, you know, anyone listening to the podcast. I had a lot of serious connection issues going on. But back to 11 to 15. Uh, so for 11, I have Jamison Williams getting selected. And then for my number 12 pick, I have a trade, which will send the Steelers will get the number 12 pick, which they will use on Kenny Pickett. And then the Vikings will get the 20th overall and then a 2023 third and then a 2023 first round pick. And then. I don't know. I'm trying. No, I'm trying to process that again. So, Pittsburgh trades up, gets rid of first next year, and gets Kenny Pickett. Yep. And then the Vikings get the uh, 20th overall pick, and then a 2023 third and first round. Yeah. All right. So uh, keep it rolling then. All right. As long as you're all good with that, you don't have any comments about that. Anything? No. No. Nothing crazy. I mean, I I'm definitely down with it. I think it's a good trade. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, and then number 13, uh, I'm trying to, like, get my order because I have it written down on paper, but mm-hmm. uh, going back up, going back up, going back up. Uh, 13, the Houston Texans will get Tyler Lindenbaum. Number 14, the Baltimore Ravens get Jermaine Johnson. And number 15, I have a, another trade where – so, well, not another trade, but the Jets used that pick that they yep. got from the Eagles, the number 15, to select Drake London. No, it all makes sense to me, and I definitely like the idea of Kenny Pickett there. Uh, so I know at least one of these players in, in my 11 to 15, uh, we definitely don't uh, share similarities to. I will recommend for you, and also also even for listeners as well, my thing for mock drafts, all, all I do is, I mean, granted, I probably should save these on paper, but I have these in audio to go back and listen to if I, if I want to. Um I just recommend using websites like PFN or PFF uh, because then they can give you a little bit of assessment on trade value, uh, though mostly for PFN it's just yes or no. That's why I use a trade value chart. Uh, but then also it's just kind of like right in front of you and I can just keep scrolling. So that's my recommendation for listeners. And then if you want to make things easier on you uh, next week, Nick, that is my recommendation uh, rather than paper. But if you want it on paper as well, if that's better for you, you know, all, all power to you. I used to do some mine on paper before uh, before finding like these websites and whatnot. So, anyways, though, I digress. Continuing into definitely one of my most trade heavy areas because I have three picks belonging to different teams in eleven through fifteen. Uh, eleven starts out pretty normal though. Uh, this is the farthest that Kemakwonu has fallen for me in any draft. Uh, I, I well, actually, I think it's tied with another draft, but Kemakwonu is a Washington Commander. And then I have a trade with the Kansas City Chiefs trading 29-121, a future first-round pick and a future fourth-round pick to Minnesota receiving pick 12 and pick 156, where the Kansas City Chiefs select Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. 
And then this is where I have the Houston Texans trading again for Debo Samuel. I actually have this deal as a straight up uh, trade of pick 13 for Debo Samuel. Uh, and I have the 49ers doing what they did with DeForest Buckner. If you guys remember, they actually traded with the Colts pick 13 for Buckner. And then with that pick, they went and drafted Javon Kinlaw. I have them drafting receiver as well, but this is Drake London, a different style receiver to that of Debo. At 14, the Ravens maintain their pick and have Jordan Davis. And at 15, after trading down, the Panthers are still able to land a quarterback, that being Kenny Pickett. Mm, okay, I like that. That's a good that's a good little selection there. Yeah, I was debating Kenny Pickett inside my top 10, but I just I, I feel like most teams are in agreement that the quarterbacks aren't worth that top 10. And I don't know. I could see Pittsburgh trading up. That's one thing I considered. But with all the other trades I had happened before, there's just no room for it. I mean, really, the only place that I could see Pittsburgh possibly trading in my draft is like at pick 10. And even there, I'm just kind of like, well, the Jets probably really want Jermaine Johnson. There's no way he's going to slip that much farther, at least in my opinion. So, yeah. But how uh, about the Kansas City trade? Because that's that's one of my more interesting trades I've had in a while. It's definitely – I like that, though. It's definitely good value. I, I like, I don't think I – don't, I, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think you've ever had the Chiefs getting up that high. Nope. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you have. I could be wrong. But I really do like that trade. I mean, like, both sides get great value. I mean, like, that's the point of it. But – you know, I mean, no complaints there. It all seems pretty seamless to me. Yeah, Minnesota gets the first uh, future first-round pick that I was talking about earlier in the trade scenarios. And uh, for me, Kansas City's in a win-now mode with their team, and I don't know when they're ever going to be out of a win-now mode. And they're kind of like in that like franchise-esque type of area, kind of like what New England was, was in with Tom Brady. And I feel like they'd be willing to get rid of a first-round pick next year if it means getting Derek Stingley and improving their defense because they desperately need improvements on that defense. So, yeah, honestly, the Chiefs trading up, I debated Jamison Williams with that pick as well, but the Chiefs trading up now is probably one of my new favorite ideas because I think it just makes so much sense for the Chiefs to get rid of uh, draft picks that they may not use just to go and try to get themselves another ring or just to get their team overall better because, you know, why wouldn't they at this point when they're one of the best teams in the AFC don't slip, just continue to build. So with that out in uh, out of the way, uh, how about pick 16 through 20 with two of mine being different, not New Orleans, but New York? Okay, so for 16, a uh, little bit of a change. I remember I used to have them very high, but 16, Saints get Garrett Wilson. 17, the Chargers, I think I've had him for a long time there, to get Trevor Penning. Philadelphia Eagles keep their pick and get Kobe Dean. 19, New Orleans Saints get Tyler Smith. And for 20 from the trade that the Vikings got, they will select Trent McDuffie. Well, you and I both have Trent McDuffie inside the stock 20 here. But I actually have him going to the New York Giants 16. Mm, I have have a Georgia defensive tackle still going to the Chargers. It's either Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt. This time it's Devontae Wyatt. At 18, I have Jamison Williams going to the Eagles. I was debating a team possibly trading up the Chargers to get Eagle to get Williams over the Eagles, but I, I decided not to. At 19, I have Devin Lloyd becoming a New York Giant as well. And then at pick 20, I have Desmond Ritter going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
which that's kind of become a consensus pick for me. Yeah, I mean, like, I really like Desmond Ritter. I remember he's a guy that we really didn't have much in those first few mock drafts, but now he's starting to get up there. He's at a very, very high uh, – not uh, draft grade, sorry, but I guess like combine grade at least. And he's been slowly but steadily rising up our uh, mock drafts as well, but a very, very good pick there. I like that one. Yeah, I mean, we I, so I said it day one about Ritter. I think he's someone that's pro-ready. I just don't know if he has a high ceiling. That's always been my concern with Ritter. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he has a higher ceiling, but I don't, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm not completely shocked that Ritter's up here, but it's interesting. Uh, with that in mind, though, how about 21 to 25 for you? Okay, so for pick 21, I have my final trade of my first round, and that will be the Packers trading up to get the number 21 pick, which they will use on Chris Olav, a wide receiver that – Aaron Rodgers very, very hot on. And then the Patriots will get number 28, number 92, number 132. So, as I just stated, the Packers get Chris Olav. Um, the – not the Patriots. The uh, 22, the Green Bay Packers keep that pick and get Christian Watson. The Arizona Cardinals will get Boy Moff. And then at 24, the Dallas Cowboys would get Zion Johnson. And for 25, this is the one I kind of milled about for a long time. I couldn't really decide, but I finally decided the Buffalo Bills at their spot will get Kyler Gordon. I appreciate that you trust your organization enough to not be silly. Um, but, you know, I, I just – I personally don't trust them, obviously. Uh, however, we'll go ahead and see here with these picks what I do. Uh, I think my last, this is my, yeah, my last trade up of the first round is actually in these five. So surprisingly enough, I don't have a trade, uh, trade up at, uh, 31 or 32. I have Daxton Hill going to the Patriots. I just like the fit. I like the idea. He can play safety. He can play corner. He can do just about anything in the secondary. Now, trailing Burks to Green Bay. I, this is kind of a lock for me at this point. I even have him over Chris Olav, who I will talk about shortly. Uh, George Karlapidis of the Cardinals. You talked about it last recording. I think I've even put him there before. I really like the fit. They need a replacement for Chandler Jones. My last trade-up of the first round, I have the Kansas City Chiefs trading up again. The Chiefs giving getting rid of pick 30, 94, and 103 to the Dallas Cowboys to get Chris Olav. And then at 25, the Buffalo Bills take Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. See, I so, like that little selection there. I, I don't, like, have any complaints again because I really like that uh, lock that you have for uh, – what was – was it Traylon Burks, sorry? Uh, yeah, Traylon Burks to the uh, – Yeah, to the Packers. Packers. That's the thing. Like, I know I'm, like, you know, putting a lot of faith in the Packers to actually make that decision. Well, you're putting a lot of faith. Yeah, they, they probably will not, but that's something that I, you know – it's not something that has too bad of a value, in my opinion, but I, I truly doubt the Packers have actually made that decision. But I feel like Traylon Burks, for your decision – that's honestly like probably the most likely of the selections that I would think for the entire first round. Yeah, I can see Olav going instead of Traylon Burks, but I will say the one thing I felt interesting about this was how aggressive I was with Kansas City. But again, I don't think it's too much of a surprise. And I think where I think you and I would agree with on this, which is why I think Kansas City is going to be so aggressive, is they have watched the AFC West just improve around them drastically where all they've really done this offseason is lose. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, but I'm saying, like, sure, they brought in Justin Reed, but they lost Ty Mathieu, and they lost Tyreek Hill. And they didn't really, like, 
you know, they got Mar- Marcus Valdez-Scantling, they got Juju Smith-Schuster, but MVS isn't, you know, end-all, be-all. Same thing as Juju. Juju's kind of regressed since not playing alongside Antonio Brown for the past couple of years. So I think them being aggressive and, again, trying to ma- maintain that dominance in the West kind of makes sense to me. No, and it 100% does because, you know, you've been a lot, like, I totally agree. You've been really, do- like, not dominant, but aggressive with the Kansas City Chiefs because, yeah, they definitely have lost a lot of assets that used to be a huge contribute contribute on uh, defense and offense, respectively. But definitely getting not what, like, so I guess, like, not really replacements, but I guess, like, pieces that could evolve into really, really good players. Yeah is definitely a good option that I like that you're going for. Particularly Olav. And I think Olav is someone that honestly, that's kind of why I didn't have them draft Jamison Williams, because I think Olav would be a beautiful fit in Kansas City. Very, very Tyreek Hill-esque. Uh, how about here? We'll do it for this round, and we'll do it for the second round as well, since we have that odd amount of picks. We're going to do our final seven picks of the first round, starting off with uh, what is, I believe, for both of us still the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, so... Starting off at 26, I do have the Tennessee Titans selecting David Ajabo, and then I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting George Kalafidis. And then for 28, since I had the Patriots getting that pick, they will select Andrew Booth. 29, the Kansas City Chiefs will get Traylon Burks, the Packers guy that you are very high on getting. And then my final trade of the first draft is the Seahawks trading up. I've had this one for a while to get – the number 30 spots that they will use on getting Matt Coral, and then the Chiefs will get uh, selections 40 and 41 from the Seahawks. And then for 31, the Cincinnati Bengals will get Trey McBride. I really like him. And then I've just like, you know, I know that we haven't really had a tight end at all in anywhere near these rounds, but I decided to kind of take a jump on this one after, you know, they lost CJ Uzoma. I feel like that's per, that's not like a bad one at all. And then for number 32, the Detroit Lions will get Devin Lloyd. Yeah, I like a lot of those, though. Lloyd slipping to 32 is probably the biggest shot. Yeah, that's, that's definitely not sure. one that it's very likely. I, I can definitely handle some criticism on that. There's no problem yeah. there. I will say that does surprise me. Beyond that, I mean, I can kind of see it for a lot of those. Uh, so how about here? I'll, I'll kick off mine until the end here. You got Zion Johnson, uh, one of my pure locks players. He is still going to be a Tennessee Titan to me. Uh, at 27, I have a little bit of a Nick Royden special here, someone who I haven't rated high enough. Uh, Logan Hall is going to become a Buccaneer. I have Quay Walker still ending up with the Packers. I think that's two weeks in a row that I put him there now. Uh, Kyra Long is the corner that's going to end up with the Minnesota Vikings after they traded down with the Chiefs. I picked 30. The other team that traded down with the Chiefs, the uh, Dallas Cowboys, are taking Lewis Sign. At 31, I have Kenyon Green going to the Cincinnati Bengals. And at 32, I have Nicobe Dean ending up in Detroit. Hmm. Here, let's see if that makes it. You can hear me, right? Yeah, I can. Yeah. I right, just make sure, I just didn't want to make sure my internet not cut it out again. No, I really like that selection of players. It's definitely like I really like how you got finally got Logan Hall in this mix because I've had him really really high. I think I've definitely had him in my top. Yeah, in my first round a lot of times. I just really like him as a player. But I'm finally glad you're showing him some love after a long long time. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's less that I didn't want to show him love. It's just more I thought that there seemed to rather focus on other needs. But, no, nah, I mean, I've seen some stuff with Logan Hall. He looks great. But on top of that, the Buccaneers are probably going to want DT to replace Ndamukong Sue to pair alongside Vitavea, and I think that Logan Hall could be that guy. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where I have it. Uh, I know at least I think as I'm looking here early in my second round, a couple of the players that have been in my first round that are surprising falls are like Tyler Linderbaum and Trevor Penning. And I think Bernard Raymond's been up there for me. Uh, Matt Coral was up there for a few weeks. John Dotson. Uh, there's definitely some other guy or Kyler Gordon was up there. So yeah, it's, there, there's a lot of uh, variety in these mock drafts, but how about here we kick off 33 to 38, no, 37. 32, yeah, 37. Uh, yeah, so for me starting off, I don't think I have too many guys that were selected differently or not selected differently, but sorry, like I guess like other picks. Um, like selected outside so, the first round. Yeah, yeah. So for 33, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars gang. Lewis Klein, sorry, I'm getting some water here. I apologize for that. And then for okay. 34, the Detroit Lions will get John Mechie, the third, the wide receiver from Alabama. Oh. So I know. So I really – that's a really an, kind of an odd pick. I don't think any of us has, have said his name yet. But I just feel like he's definitely – he's a speedster. And I just really like him because, I mean, he was one of those guys from Alabama that I don't really think got shown quite enough love. But still very, very good player, nonetheless. And I'm getting my other guys pulled up here in a second. Now, I, I like John Mechie the third a lot. It's just I think it's that injury is going to throw some people off a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, that's without a doubt. I don't, you know, put that out of question at all. And then for the New York Jets at 35, they will get – yeah, you were right. I'm going to use that website you used because I'm a little disorganized here and there. But the New York Jets will get Quay Walker out of Georgia – the New York Giants will get Arnold Epkite from Penn State. And 37, Houston Texans will get Brees Hall. And then for 38, the New York Jets, again, will get Kenneth Walker. Yeah, hey, I realize those 33 to 37 was five picks, but we also get 38. I don't mind either way. Oh, I thought you said uh, one through no, I, I, no, I said 30 at the beginning. I was messing up my math. It's all good. I don't care either way. Ultimately, as long as we get through these picks, my man. So let's go through this, right? My first pick of the second round is Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, I believe the center for the Jacksonville Jaguars just recently retired. Uh, yeah, I think Brandon Yeah, Brandon Linder not only retired, but Tyler Linderbaum has been dropping, dropping in draft classes rapidly. And I think he's the best center. Of the, he's the by far best center of the draft class. So I think drafting him makes sense here. I have Trevor Penning going to the Detroit Lions, which might seem like an odd choice, but the reason is, is that I have the Detroit Lions with two other selections passes, which is five players inside the top 100. And I think that they're closer to trading away Taylor Decker than they are to keeping him. And I think if they can find a team during this, like after the draft to trade for Taylor Decker and use Panay Sewell and Trevor Penning as the future, or maybe they trade Taylor Decker or, if his contract expires next offseason, let him walk and have that happen. I think that's kind of where they're going towards because Panace will certainly the future for their O-line. Uh, 35, I Jaquan, Jaquan Brisker to the New York Jets. 36, I have Brees Hall ending up as a New York Giant. 
37, I have Bernard Raymond going to the Houston Texans. And at 38, I have Christian Watson going to the New York Jets. Ooh, okay. I like that Christian Watson getting some love there. I really like him as a player as well. He's definitely been a guy that some people are looking at. I don't know if we've ever had him slip into the first round. I'm not sure, but he's definitely a very, very, very high talent. Yeah, I mean, you had him with Green Bay. I've debated putting him in the first round, but ultimately I just think that he's too, quote-unquote, raw of a talent for teams to really want to take him that high. So I think teams will be willing to throw something at him in the second round and pretty early on, but not not in the first. I think that's going to be a little bit too big of a risk. And for the Jets, I mean, why wouldn't they? They were able to get a lot of success out of Elijah Moore. So I think Christian Watson's that, like, perfect little partner uh, right next to him. And rather than forcing a trade for Debo Samuel, losing a lot of picks, now they just get Christian Watson, who I really like that one-two punch with Elijah Moore. Yeah, no, and I totally agree with that pick. That's something that I can definitely get high on. <laughs> Not No pun intended on 420, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I get you. I get you, man. Uh, next up, how about 39 through 43? Okay, so for 39 for the Bears, they are going to get out – Pierce from the wide receivers from Cincinnati and my 40 and 41 picks, which the uh, Chiefs got from the Seattle Seahawks. They will use it on Chad Muma, the linebacker from Wyoming. And then they will also get Bernard Raheem, the offensive tackle from central Michigan. And then for the Indianapolis Colts, I've been getting Kenyon green. The Atlanta Falcons will be getting Sam Howell. I don't, are we going 44 or 43? Uh, it's a 43. Okay. Yeah. I like Kenyon Green to the Colts. Uh, I think part of my concern is we'd probably be more concerned at the left tackle at that point if he won the draft line. Um, but I actually have the Colts taking a different scenario personally. Uh, I have Tyler Smith ending up a Chicago Bear. I think he went in the first round for you. I don't remember when in the first round, though. Um, I have my first trade-up of the second round. The uh, You might be excited by this one. The Packers trading up, giving, getting uh, rid of pick 53, pick 132, and a future third-round pick to Seattle to get David Ajabo. Mm, um, okay. Pick 41 is Matt Coral to the Seattle Seahawks. It still happens. Pick 42 is Jahan Dotson to the Indianapolis Colts. And pick 43 is Kenneth Walker III to the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, I really like that. That's definitely a good, like, Little group of selections there. I do like that Packers one getting David Ajabo. I am praying that we get somebody like him. Yeah, I think Edge makes a lot of sense for you guys to go and get during the draft class. And, you know, why wouldn't you go and double up? I, I have this happening with the Baltimore Ravens again this week as well, but why wouldn't you double up on a school that's been successful for you? You guys already got Rashawn, uh, Rashawn Gary. Why wouldn't you double down and be like, okay, let's try David Ajabo out as well? Yeah, no, and I completely agree with that. Um, so moving on from what 44 to 49? 44 to 48. 48. Okay, so the Cleveland Browns will be getting carry on Winfrey. The Baltimore Ravens will be getting Nicholas Piet Ferry, I think. Yeah. Uh, Petit Ferrer. Yeah. And then the Minnesota Vikings will be getting Sky Moore from Western Michigan. The Washington Commanders with their pick will be getting um not Kyler Gordon, dude. I already had him. Uh, Sean Ryan. And then for 48, the Chicago Bales were getting Christian Watson, the wide receiver from North Dakota State. Oh, we had Christian Watson to the uh, Packers. Dude, yeah. I 
I need to stop writing everything down on paper, bro, because then it's I get the paper. Yeah, and sorry, I'm yeah, but the Chicago Bears will be getting okay. Here's my new one. They were getting Daniel Faleo, the offensive tackle from Minnesota. Uh, Faleo. yeah, 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 love him. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mostly love the name, but I also know that he's a great talent out of Minnesota. So I have, um, dude, yeah, if you, dude, I just like, I know it sounds like it's really, really random, but like, dude. I just can't believe some of these dudes are like absolute specimens. I mean, he's six eight, like three ninety. Like, it's just crazy. <laughs> Average Dude, like, I, I can't imagine. I'm five ten. Like, That's I, what I'm I can't saying. Like, I'm barely that. six foot. <laughs> Shoes, I'm six foot. Oh no, no, same, same. Shoes, I'm six foot. But, uh, at forty four, I also have a defensive tackle going to the Browns, but I have Travis Jones out of Connecticut. Uh, at 45, I have Arnold Ebiketti, uh from Penn State ending up in Baltimore again. I think this is the second time I've had this happen. Maybe third? I don't know. Uh, I also have uh, a, a young man staying uh, in, at home, quote-unquote. Uh, Boya Moth, the Minnesota edge rusher, is going to stay in Minnesota. And then I have Kyler Gordon ending up in Washington, the guy who you said that you didn't have there because you'd already had him gone. Uh, and then at uh, 48, I have George Pickens out of Georgia. Uh, being the second player mocks to uh, the Chicago Bears. Mm, okay. I like that little uh, George and Georgia little thing going on there. No, I really like that little group of selections. I mean, a lot of those guys, I like one thing I love about the NFL draft is like, I guess like seeing players that like you wouldn't really see work on teams being able to go to some teams and totally work out there or they totally don't. Like, I mean, we've seen players that we thought were going to be great and then don't work out, but that's the whole thing about the NFL draft, just seeing what happens. Absolutely, and which is why, you know, being able to do these mock drafts are so fun, but ultimately they may not come anywhere. So how about a 49 to 53? So 49 through 53 for me, starting off with – the New Orleans Saints, dude, I'm getting everything jumbled up. Okay, yeah. So for 49, the New Orleans Saints will be getting Carson Strong, the QB8 from Nevada. Yep. Kansas City Chiefs will be getting Christian Harris, uh, linebacker from Alabama. The Philadelphia Eagles will be getting Darian Kennard. I don't know. He's uh, he's from Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky left tackle. Yep, yep. Or um, you're right as well. I, I 51, uh, the Philadelphia will be getting Jalen Tolbert. 52, I had this is him getting very, very low on mine, but I have Pittsburgh getting Desmond Ritter, another QB. I know they already got Kenny Pickett, but I don't know. I guess it just made some sense to me. 53, the Packers will be getting Brandon Smith. And I don't know, is that as far we're going? Yeah. All right, cool. I mean, I guess if the Steelers are going to trade one of those quarterbacks, that, that could make sense. I think teams have done that in the past, but. Uh, yeah, for me, I have 49 Sky Moore uh, going to New Orleans Saints. At uh, 50, I have Jalen Pitre going to uh, – or Jalen Pitre, I think it's Pitre, uh, ending up as a chief. At 51, I have Martin Emerson from Mississippi State going to uh, in Philadelphia. Honestly, one of my low-key favorite picks. I really like the that young man out of Mississippi State, and I think that with how much they want to corner, getting someone like him will be nice for them. 52, I have Roger McCreary going to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And at 53, I have Drake Jackson ending up a Seattle Seahawks after, of course, that trade I had earlier with the uh, Green Bay Packers. Mm, okay. I really like the Drake Jackson one. I I haven't selected him yet, but I guess that's a 
little surprise for my next little couple picks. But no, I, I, I really like that. Yeah, I like Drake Jackson. Part of my concern is that this uh, like Seahawks never seem to be able to select the right edge. But uh, you know, I just kind of thought USC, USC, Pete Carroll, uh, Drake Jackson, a little bit of connection there. But then on top of that, they haven't drafted an edge yet, so I kind of figured may as well. Uh, so how about fifty four now to fifty eight? So for fifty four, I have the New England Patriots getting Brees Hall. I think one of the few running backs in this class. Uh, Arizona Cardinals will be getting Drake Jackson. Cowboys will be getting Travis Jones. Buffalo Bills getting Sam Williams. And then uh, fifty eight, uh, Atlanta Falcons are getting My Jai Sanders, the edge from Cincinnati. I also have Myja Saunders going in these group of picks, but I have Myja Saunders ending up in New England yeah. uh, alongside Daxon Hill. But on top of that, I have my second trade of the second round. I only had two trades in this round where the New York Giants trade pick 67, 120 and a future fourth round pick uh, to get up to 55. And they draft Sam Howell out of North Carolina. Mm. With then 56 being John Mechie, the third out of Alabama. Uh, 57, I took a page out of your book here because I really liked him. Uh, this being Wandale Robinson, I decided to give me high on him because I do really like that of, like that receiver as a talent. And then at 58, I have Chad Muma going to the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Mm, okay. No, I, I, I like the uh, – I already forgot his name, but the Wandale, yeah. I really like that selection here. I. I like how it's it's really rare that um, it happens sometimes, but I like how we kind of sometimes mix up our picks a little. Not mix them up, but kind of like get them within that same like little five area. So oh, yeah. Rare, but it's, it's definitely cool. It's very definitely cool. Uh, but no, I mean, you, you talked about John Mechie earlier. I really like him as a talent. It's just that injury. I think it's, that's going to kind of drop him down the boards a little bit. Otherwise, he probably would have been a first-round receiver, I think. Um, but then Sam Howell, this is the lowest I've had him go. But ultimately – I just kind of feel like I didn't have the Colts take him because the Colts, I feel like, would be willing to draft a quarterback later or could get someone free agency or next year, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for the Giants, though, I mean, I kind of think of it like this, right? Sam Howell, he's my last draft pick uh, of the New York Giants. The Giants are done for the day for me. They already took Brees Hall, Devin Lloyd, Trent McDuffie, Evan Neal. They've had an incredible first two days. To me personally, with all the holes they filled, why wouldn't they go get Sam Howell to pressure Daniel Jones? It's something we talked about earlier as well when uh, we were talking about like Mr. Trubisky or somebody going to New York. Is Daniel Jones needs that pressure on them because either he's going to be able to overcome it and actually show that he can be a decent starting quarterback or he's going to sink and you can go ahead and have that quarterback replace him. So that's why I have Sam Howell there. I think Sam Howell could definitely do something in this New York system with the pieces that they've been able to add throughout time. And particularly with like Evan Neal being able to protect him and Brees Hall being uh, a competent RB one, if Saquon Barkley gets injured. So, uh, you know, a little bit of a shout out for New York. I think New York could look good with that. Uh, how about 59 to 64 wrap up the second round? Yeah. So to wrap up the second round, the green Bay Packers are going to get Cameron Thomas. a guy that I really high on. I like him. Yeah, I like him. The Darius Smith as well. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, being I'm just explaining a little of these because I know we some people might not know very well. But the Buccaneers, you know, being unsure about Rob Gronkowski, they're going to get Jalen Widermeyer, I think that's how you say it, or Widermeyer. Um, the 49ers are going to get Nick Benito. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to get Tariq Woolen. 
And then as for the Cincinnati Bengals, they're going to get Marcus Jones. And then the end off the second round, the Denver is going to get Christian Harris uh, from Alabama. I had a couple of your guys just sliding into the third round. Oh. Uh, but we do have one guy inside these, like, next six picks. Uh, 59, I have the Packers getting to Marvin Leal out of Texas A&M. Someone who's kind of slipped really far down the draft board. Surprising to me because I feel like he should be a first-round guy, but I digress. Um, Arian Winfrey is pick 60 going to uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I had them double down on DT. I, I'm not going to lie. I made a couple mistakes in this, but honestly, getting Arian Winfrey is great value as well. So I'm honestly not that hurt about it. Um, where I also messed up in value, what we'll talk about later, is – at San Francisco 49ers taking Cameron Jurgens out of Nebraska. Uh, like him. Uh, I think he's one of the better centers in this draft class, but ironically, I have another center going to them as well. He could also play guard. Either of those guys could play guard. doesn't really matter. Uh, I have Kingsley Enigbar uh, ending up in Kansas City. He's one of my favorite edge rushers just because he's a little bit of a do-it-all guy. Uh, at 63, I have Kobe Bryant from Cincinnati uh, staying home. Uh, you know, really competent possible uh, corner two. And at 64, the guy that I know we have similar is Nick Benito. I have him ending up in Denver. Mm, okay. So how about we move on there? We are in the third round. And honestly, how about we take the third round one-to-one here? Just like you just just like keep on listening off, like just one after another? Yeah, so I'll you list one and then I'll list the following. Okay, so I got for Jacksonville, I got Dylan Parham. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Christian Harris. Mm, okay. For me, I have the Detroit Lions. I already said said how. No, the Detroit Lions are getting Chad Otten. Chad who? Otten. He's a tight end from Washington. Oh. Huh. Oh, oh. No, Cade Otten. But so oh, Cade. Been- I don't know why I said Chad, bro. I, was, I, 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 I wouldn't have known him anyways, but. <laughs> I, maybe it got a backup of uh, Tyler Hockenberg or something. I don't know. I mix up the names now, man. It's getting late. Yeah, he, he's one of he's one of the few guys that, like, I wish I would have put up there. Tight ends, I feel like, are going to go a little bit more here in this round than the fourth. Though I should have probably had one in the second. I digress. Uh, Cameron Thomas, you were high on him as well. I just realized a player that I should have had drafted. Uh, but Cameron Thomas uh, ends up a Detroit Lion. Yeah, so for 67, a guy that slipped way down for me as I was originally high on, but I kept on selecting guys. I almost forgot about him. But the New York Giants are going to get Logan Hall. He's honestly more of a second-round guy to me, but I, I let him slip. He might be a second-round guy as well. Oh, gosh. I want I, to see this real quick because there's one thing that I feel bad about. Dang, I have to write this down here. I'm going to go ahead and make sure, and I, I'll say it here, and I need you to keep, to keep, my, uh, keep this to my word here. I need to make sure – that for our final mock draft, that I have Matt Areza's name engraved in my forehead. Matt Areza? Areza? Yeah, Matt, Matt Areza, because he is going to go in the third round for me. I just don't don't know where, and I didn't draft him in the third round this time. Okay. So, yeah, I, I need that, like, engraved in my forehead, written all over my walls. I don't care. I just need to remember that Matt Areza is going to be my third round. A spoiler for next week. I don't care. I'm not saying who he's going to or anyway, so boo-hoo. Um, but, nah, he's someone that should go in the third round. I think that's where his value ends up, and I don't have him in my third round uh, this week, though I meant to. Uh, I digress, though. So, 
you talked about your next pick. Uh, mine is uh, 67, the Cardinals who traded with the New York Giants. Uh, the Cardinals have get Romeo Dalbs out of Nevada. Mm, okay. The Houston Texans are going to get James Cook uh, running back from Georgia. I actually do have James Cook in the, in the third round as well, but I have the Texans here getting Nick Cross, possible replacement for Justin Reed, safety out of Maryland. Mm, okay. Um, I have the Jets picking up Troy Anderson, the uh, linebacker, Montana State. And we surprisingly have a similar pick here, no, though it's a pick 69. Mm, okay. Who'd you get? We had the same guy, Troy Anderson. Oh, dang. Okay, so for Jacksonville, I thought you were like the same thing almost. I was like, no, no, no. We had the same nah. guy. But yeah, for uh, Jacksonville, they're going to get Isaiah Likely, the tight end from Coastal Carolina. Uh, I have a trade here in the third round. I believe it's one of a couple, maybe. Um, but this one is I have the Buffalo Bills trading up uh, from pick 89 as well as giving up a third round pick next year to draft Isaiah Spiller to be their running back for the potential future. Mm, okay, I like that. So for our next pick, uh, which one are we? We're on 71, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Chicago, they were they're gonna get Joshua Williams. I have them getting Tariq Woolen out of Yutsa. Mm, okay. Seattle, I have them picking up DeMarvin Leal. Uh, a guy that I should probably have had in the second round, to be honest. I have Seattle taking Brandon Smith out of Penn State. Oh, yeah, he's a good one. Uh, Indianapolis, you guys are going to get Greg DeLeach or DeLeach or something. Uh, Rick, I think. Yeah, it's from UCLA. You're talking about the tight end out of UCLA? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, I have the Colts taking Nicholas petit Frere. Yeah, so Atlanta, uh, they're going to get Rashid Walker. Atlanta's getting Isaiah Thomas, not the basketball player, but the edge rusher out of Oklahoma. Yeah, talking about last week, made the joke on Isaiah Thomas and Cope Bryant. Uh, for 75, Denver, they're not Denver. Uh, Denver, they're going to get a Caleb Evans, the cornerback from Missouri. Denver, for me, gets Leo Chanel, a linebacker out of Wisconsin. So, a guy that I just said for 76, Baltimore gets Kobe Bryant. Uh, Baltimore, for me, gets David Bell out of Purdue. Mm, okay. Minnesota, they're going to get Perrion Winfrey. Uh, Minnesota, for me, gets Jalen Tolbert out of South uh, Alabama. So I'm going on a little bit of a receiver run. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, I see that going on, too. For uh, Cleveland, number 78, they're going to get Channing Tindall. Pick three of my receiver run. The Browns get Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. Okay, for the 79 Chargers, they're going to get Abraham Lucas. And my last pick in my receiver run, the Chargers get Calvin Austin III out of Memphis. Mm, okay. So for 80, uh, Houston, they're going to get Jeremy Rucker, another tight end. Uh, Houston, for me, gets Ed Ingram out of Louisiana State University. Mm, okay. Uh, 81 at New York Giants, they're going to get – Pedarian Mathis, DT from Alabama. Uh, the Saints get, uh, after trading, this was a trade with the uh, Giants earlier. Uh, to when they moved up to number five, they end up with 81 as well. The Saints get Tyler Algier, uh, the young running back out of Brigham Young. Yeah, so for 82, Atlanta is going to get Brian Azuma for or Azoma from the linebacker from uh, Oklahoma. Oh, As- As- Azamoa from uh, Alabama, yeah. Uh, the Falcons for me get Justin Ross out of Clemson. 
Mm, okay. 80, 83 would be Philadelphia, but due to my trade, the Jets will be selecting Calvin Austin the third. Uh, same thing for me, but instead of it being the Jets minus the Panthers, and the Panthers get Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina, uh, my first tight end off the board. Again, it should have been way earlier, but you know what? This is kind of how my draft went. Um, okay. Not, not something to argue about, but for 84, Pittsburgh, they will gain Leo Chenal, the linebacker from Wisconsin. Ah, uh, 84 for me. I have the Steelers getting Daniel Falele, uh tackle out of uh, Minnesota. Okay. 85, New England Patriots will be getting Sean Ryan. Uh, the Patriots get Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston State. Okay. 86, Las Vegas, uh, not based on just a name, but Khalil Shakir. Uh, I have the Vegas Raiders taking Abraham Lucas out of Washington State. Okay, 87, Arizona will be getting Nick Cross. 87, this is where I actually have James Cook going to the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, and as for 88 for Dallas, I have them getting David Bell, a wide receiver from Purdue. Uh, for Dallas, I have a short run of running backs here, just two in a row. I have them getting Kyron Williams at Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, 89, Buffalo. They have, I have them getting Max Mitchell, uh, offensive tackle. I have the Jaguars who traded this pick, uh, traded and got this pick from the Bills. They get Sean Ryan out of UCLA. Mm, okay. Uh, 90, Tennessee. I have them getting Cam Jurgens, uh, offensive. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I think he's on the line, right? Yeah, no, yeah. Cam Jurgens is a center from Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. Nebraska, yeah. Yeah, I had him going earlier to the uh, 49ers, and ironically, I have them unintentionally taking another center here in a couple picks. But at 90, I have the Titans getting Carson Strong at a Nevada. Mm, okay. Uh, so for Tampa Bay, they're going to get a more local guy towards us. I'm going to get Jelani Woods. Ah, I will have Jelani Woods going here soon. I do have a tight end. But it's Trey McBride out of Colorado State. Ooh, okay. Uh, Green Bay, 92. I uh, hope maybe they'll get him. Who knows? Uh, I'm getting Danny Gray, a wide receiver from SMU. I need to look at him. I'm actually not as familiar. For the Packers, I have them getting uh, another just kind of like position here to fill. I have them getting Matt Walletsko, a tackle out of North Dakota. Oh, and I, I apologize. I made a mistake. So for 92, that's when I the Patriots got that. Uh, pick from 92 so they will be getting Jelani Woods apologize for the uh air there but for uh San Francisco they're gonna get Damian Pierce uh running back from Florida yeah San Fran for me I had them drafting Alec Lindstrom again I could easily replace this with like a tackle if I wanted to or something it it doesn't really matter either way I I slipped up on a couple teams potato potato it's whatever yeah, I mean, I was I was mixing them up earlier. No biggie. <laughs> uh, for uh, Kansas City, I have them getting Kirby Joseph, a safety from Illinois. And one of the two picks that Dallas got from Kansas City in my uh, draft, they get Fidarian Mathis out of Alabama. Ooh, okay. For uh, 96, Denver, they will be getting Martin Emerson. He's a cornerback from Mississippi State. And how about 95 right before that? Ooh, uh, okay, so 97, we had Detroit. No, 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 who do you, no, who do you have at 95? You skipped 95. 
Oh, ninety five. Oh, I apologize. So ninety five Cincinnati. I totally went right past that first. I just said yeah, ninety six. No, for uh, Cincinnati, they're gonna be getting Danny Gray. Oh no, I already said Danny Gray. I apologize. Um, Luke Fortner. The already dude. I feel like I keep on repeating these names. Uh, Aaron Hansford. Sorry, the linebacker from Texas A and M. I got a crap ton of lists going on here, and I keep on mixing them up. But All good. All good, man. At 95 and 96, so for Cincinnati, I have them getting Matthew Butler, a defensive tackle out of Tennessee. And at 96, I have the uh, Broncos getting Darian Kennard out of Kentucky. Yeah, as I, uh, I uh, subsequently spoiled my 96 pick. But uh, for 97, Detroit, they will be getting Malcolm Rodriguez, a linebacker from Oklahoma State. I had Detroit getting Cole Strange from Chattanooga. Dr. Strange, Cole Strange, okay. Uh, for 98, New Orleans, they – We'll be getting Donovan West, an offensive center from Arizona State. I like it. I have the uh, Saints go here getting Greg Dolchik uh, out of UCLA. Ooh, okay. So for 99 Cleveland, they will be getting Josh Joby. I think that's how you pronounce it. A quarterback oh, Josh again. Job. Yep, yep, yep. Joe out of Alabama. Oh, Josh Job. Okay. No, but I was just clarifying. That's who it was, right? Yeah, Job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at 99, I have Damone Clark, linebacker out of LSU, ending up in uh, Cleveland. All right. So, for uh, the big 100 for us, we've been grinding this one out, man. Yeah. But for Baltimore, they were they will be getting Tyler Alleger, a running back from BYU. Ah, that's right. Alleger, Algier, something like that. Uh, I have here a running back as well to the Baltimore Ravens, but he went way earlier for me. I have Jerome Ford ending up a Raven. Ooh, okay, I like that. Uh, for for one oh one, Philadelphia, they'll be getting Tariq Castro Fields, a cornerback from Penn State. All right, at one oh one, I have the Eagles taking Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama. All right, okay, okay. So for uh, one oh two for Miami, they're gonna get Chance or Chasson Hines, the offensive guard from LSU. We have a run of Bryans here. I have Brian Asamoa the second be my only Dolphins pick in this uh, draft. Mm. So for Kansas City, last for the final three, he's gonna, they are going to get Jake Ferguson, a tight end from Wisconsin. Big fella. And my last pick for the Dallas Cowboys from that trade with Kansas City, I have them getting Jelani Woods out of Virginia. Okay. Uh, so for the L.A. Rams for 104, they are going to get Jaden Peavy, a defensive tackle from Texas A&M. At 104, I have a back-to-back uh, Virginia-type pick, but this one's from Virginia Tech, Lasita Smith. Ooh, okay. So for our last pick, 105 for the third round, San Francisco will be getting a guy that you selected a little bit earlier in that second or third round, give or take, but they are going to be getting at Ed Ingram, the uh, offensive guard from LSU. Yeah, it's the third round. is about 20 picks ago for me. I had him going, him going to Houston. I have is the last pick to talk about during this episode, Jalen Armour Davis out of Alabama going to the San Francisco 49ers. Dang, all right, man. That wraps it up. Three full rounds, man. Yeah, it's a lot of picks there. Uh, we'll quickly give uh, give up these last couple of things here, but it's not going to take us too long, and that'll be the end of this episode. Uh, first of all, I will say from mine, uh, some players that I was debating possibly throwing into those first three rounds, Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky, 
I was uh, flirting with Zonovan Knight. I was 100% flirting with getting in there. Uh, I was debating one of those other receivers like Charleston Rambo or Khalil Shakir or Danny Gray, but I didn't put any of them in. Uh, Charlie Kalar, uh, I debated getting in there. Uh, I debated getting in uh, like Jake Ferguson, Kate Otten. Like, I feel like I didn't have enough tight ends. Uh, maybe Rasheed Walker out of Penn State. It was a lot of offensive guys. Defensively, I don't think I missed out on too many guys I want to put in. Maybe Kirby Joseph and Verone McKinley, a couple safeties. Uh, maybe, and that'd really be it. It's not like I missed on a lot of these guys. Maybe Jesse Lucetta out of Penn State. Um, it's just more of like those are other guys that I consider throwing into the first couple of days. No, and like I really like how you're going a little bit offense and defense. For me, some guys that I was thinking about is uh, Haskell Garrett, the defensive tackle from Ohio State. Uh, Bubba Bolden, the safety from Miami. I selected, I think, yeah. Uh, Jalen Watson, the cornerback from Washington State. Spencer Budford, offensive line from UTSA, I think, yeah. And yep. then just a little, maybe just a few more. Oh, uh, I think that's actually it for me. Yeah, and then otherwise – I don't know if I have any losers. I don't know why I put the losers here. I guess I will say a couple winners, though, from my draft, uh, just because I'm interested. If the Giants end up with the draft that I have them ending up with, that is probably the by far most incredible draft class that they could have, in all honesty. I love Brees Hall. I think Devin Lloyd would be huge for their interior linebacking core. Trent McDuffie would easily become corner one after they get rid of uh, – uh, James Bradbury, it looks like at this point they may just have to cut him. Sam Howell, I like him as a possible future. Evan Neal, great offensive tackle. Uh, otherwise, I'd also say I'm a big fan in the New York Jets draft, and I didn't have to do anything with them. Uh, I just kind of left them at their picks, and they went and they knocked it out of the park for me. Uh, and then I'd otherwise say on top of that – my other, I, I, I only want to list one other favorite draft class. I guess of those, I'm down to give a little bit of love to. Just trying to find another team to give some love to. Dang. Um. Honestly, no, nah, I, don't, I don't want to say them. I'm gonna go ahead and say the other team that I'll give some love to. Uh, is honestly, it, it's going to be the Houston Texans uh, because the Texans land Kayvon Thibodeau, someone who's projected to be a for, like a, the number one overall pick at the third pick. They get Bernard Raymond, a nice tackle to be able to use. Uh, Nick Cross, I think, is an incredible safety. I think, you know, we've already seen with uh, Darnell Savage at Green Bay that Maryland can produce safeties. So maybe Nick Cross can kind of be, maybe not like second coming, but like, you know, another strong safety out of that uh, college. Ed Ingram, I love kind of adding that O-line. And then, of course, if they somehow trade 13 to get Debo Samuel, like Davis Mills is going to have a lot of fun next year. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Those are a lot of really good winners. For me, I think my winners would definitely be, I get, for sure, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, trading up and getting their uh, hope, maybe, you know, uh, generational QB talent and Kenny Pickett. Uh, it would be a dream if the Packers did do it. I feel like they would definitely win for me. I mean, being able to trade up if they did and get Chris Olav and getting all the outstanding picks they um, 
now I got I put my little sheet away since we're kind of wrapping it up, so I don't have everything in front of me. I yeah. feel like I guess a winner for you, in my opinion, would would it not be the Kansas City Chiefs? I debated the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I mean, I could throw them there, but they also had to get rid of a good bit of their value to be able to go and get the uh, four players that they got. Yeah, I'd, I I, I'd probably be willing to throw Casey in there though. Stingley and Olav is definitely an incredible duo to get in that first round. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess another winner for me would probably maybe be the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, maybe like trading up. I know it's a really late pick, but Matt Coral, I feel like he's getting a pretty good value for that. Maybe uh, uh, the Eagles getting up and trading for uh, Jordan Davis. I know I gave a pretty good uh, in-depth uh, uh, little explanation about that, but that's just some of my winners. I, I don't know really if we have too many losers, I guess per se, like you kind of just uh, explained yourself yeah. there, but uh I don't really know if we got anything else on our, our list, do we? Nah, I don't think we do. I think that is it. Uh, uh, definitely a long episode, but obviously, you know, it's kind of where we are at now with going into three rounds. So do keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to see exactly what's going to happen next week with the uh, drafts uh, overall. We will have a mock draft episode going up before then, um, probably like Wednesday or so we'll record it. Uh, so like a week from now, I guess, I guess we'll see that maybe Monday be best. I digress though. Um, otherwise next week is draft week. We plan to ha- be po- uh, pushing out some content for that week. Uh, but on top of that, Nick and I, of course, have another episode to record this week. Uh, we'll be recording it on Friday. Uh, it's going to be the kind of like mixed bag episode, a lot of pro sports, uh, basketball, obviously has been going on for a little bit now, uh, uh amongst some other things, including, uh, some news recently today that uh, yeah, I assume you saw them, but like Jay Wright retiring. I think that's a lot of new, a big piece of news that we're going to be able to talk about. So with all that being said, Nick, it has been a very fun episode and a very enjoyable episode. Uh, I hope for everyone that wants to break down our picks, uh, if you enjoy them or not, I'd love to see or hear from you guys on Twitter. Uh, you know, what teams do you think did really well? What didn't, if you're a fan of like, let's say, the Miami Dolphins, or not the Dolphins, they only had one pick. Like uh, the Seattle Seahawks, for example, do, do you like what I did with them? Do you like what I did with Kansas City? Uh, do you like how New York Jets stayed, et cetera, et cetera? Um, but, yeah, I'm very excited. We are just about near the end of drafting season uh, with the overall climax coming next week and really happy to bring it to you. So, again, I'm Colby and Burks. We're joined alongside by Nick Boyd, and thank you all so very much for listening to the 334 Sports Podcast. Uh, and please do watch out. We will certainly have another episode next week. And uh, otherwise, I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Take care.